Welcome to Across the Desk, where we discuss entrepreneurship, small business, and everything in between. Hey, it's Elizabeth Plouffe, and welcome to Across the Desk. And today is a Wise Words episode, and I've been reading a book, just finished reading a book, called The Autism Job Club, The Neurodiverse Workforce and the New Normal of Employment by Michael S. Burnick and Richard Holden. And part of this is because... um, you may have heard before, if this is not your first time. My son, uh, Thomas, is 20, and he has Asperger's syndrome, which is a high-functioning form of autism that comes with a variety of uh, interesting quirks and quirks. And terrific guy. My son is uh, in college right now, and he's taking a visual arts program, which absolutely speaks to his strengths. And I believe he's found a bit of a tribe finally, which is awesome. Um, but he's never really held a job. So for a couple of summers when he was a teenager, he mowed lawns, which a lot of guys in their teens do, which is awesome. Um, But as far as being gainfully employed at a location, uh, the longest stretch was with uh, Party City for three weeks at Halloween, which would be totally his jam because he's completely creative. He's very friendly, um, comes up with interesting ideas and had really positive feedback. It just never turned into uh, a better job offer. So part of that is because for my son's case, and this is who I'm going to reference, this is my experience, and, you know, he's basically the only guy I can, you know, concretely say this was the situation. Um, For him, anyway, he needs a little longer on the onboarding process, which I don't know if that's strictly an autism thing, or there's quite a few people who I think, if they were given more patience during the onboarding process, would probably be very successful at a variety of jobs. So, for Thomas in particular, anyway, The onboarding process, the speed at which he has to process, and the lack of understanding by employers that it's it's not any anything to do with a a functional deficit or an intellectual deficit. It's just that they're processing so much information at once. Um, One of the um, key things about autism is that their inability to filter out stimulus, and that could be anything from noise to sound, or well, same thing, um, sight variety of things you know anything touching their skin whatever whatever we've been really fortunate that that's a minimal thing for Thomas but maybe it's more than I thought who knows either way we haven't pushed him too much because um, one we really want him to focus on school Um, Thomas also happens to have co-diagnoses with uh, dyslexia executive function deficits and and deficits such an awful word he just has a really hard time organizing his stuff um, which a lot of people do. So it is what it is. Any road. Part of this process has been me becoming involved with the Autism Job Club, which was started three years ago now by Marilyn Ellis um, out of Robert Bateman High School here in Burlington. Such a godsend. Marilyn has done a truly incredible job addressing the career and interview and job needs of people on the spectrum and providing that twice monthly support uh, that doesn't exist. It's a very action focused group, but it also brings in, you know, a a variety of experts to offer their tips and tricks for, you know, how to calm yourself, how to meditate. And that might sound a bit goofy for somebody on the spectrum. I don't know. But it's so vital to have those kinds of tools. It's also vital to find a community of people who are going through the same thing. For me, when I find a community like that, when I'm dealing with something, it gives me the impetus to keep going and it just sort of reinforces to me that, you know, there's ways to continue moving on. For others, it might be, uh, oh, well, they're not working either, so I don't have to feel bad about that. 
not a massive fan of that mindset, by the way. You know, if you're struggling with something, don't sink down, try and rise above. Part of the resources, I mean, Marilyn has, has introduced me to an incredible variety of resources that I didn't access before. And part of that is, um, I'll segue into a, a personal share, that if you are a parent of somebody on the spectrum, you are dealing with so much crap that you, you have an upload level. There's only so much you can you know keep on your plate at one time. For me in particular, I also happen to be a volunteer in the community. I also happen to have you know a house and another kid and a husband and a dog and all those things. And we all juggle that, don't get me wrong. I'm not singing a pity party. But when you're dealing with a, a special needs kid um, who happens to have multiple diagnoses and multiple challenges, you just get to the point where you are fed the stink up. And so I didn't push too hard to join groups or parent advocacy things. I'm, I'm not a huge joiner in those types of things. Um, they, they, for me anyway, my experience has been they devolve into a wine fest and I'm not terrific with that. So I address that weakness in myself and kind of go, you know, I'm going to be a lone ranger. It's all good. Then I found Marilyn. She's introduced me to a ton of amazing people who are doing terrific work for people on the spectrum uh, within the Greater Halton region and the GTA. Really inspiring. And one of the resources she gave me a couple of years ago was this book um, that I'm going to talk to you about today called The Autism Job Club, The Neurodiverse Workforce in the New Normal of Employment. And it's just a terrific book. I have no idea why it took me so long to read it other than I was doing a whole whack of other stuff and I just didn't have the bandwidth to take it on. So glad I read it. It's a fantastic resource, whether you are an employer looking to tap into the talent pool of the autism community, whether you are a parent and you have a, a youth or teen or young adult who's trying to break their way into a job, terrific stuff in there as well, or whether you are yourself um, an adult who's just been recently diagnosed or you've struggled or whatever it is, it's a great resource. The only negative I will say up front is that it is based out of the US. So some of the stuff that it references, we don't have up here. However, it does push you to find some other resources. And speaking of which, um, we have a conference coming up in November called Hire Hire, and it's H-I-R-E, then H-I-G-H-E-R, nothing to do with pot. It just, you know, hire, hire, get people into the jobs that they should be at, um, because 85% of the autism community who is able to um, get a job is either not employed or underemployed. Pretty distressing. If this were happening and, you know, I'm using air quotes, you can't see the neurotypical community, there'd be a huge outcry. But because it's people on the spectrum, it's kind of, it's a little bit of discrimination. I hate to, you know, throw out the autism card, but it's a little bit of discrimination because it's not a big deal. Well, they have a disability, so it makes sense that they're not employed. Well, I call bullshit. We have an incredible array of talent within the autism community that's being overshadowed by the diagnosis and it's being overshadowed by lack of education and lack of understanding and, and all of these things that are preventing these fantastic people from getting a job. And so that's what the Higher Higher Conference is all about. It's about education. It's about um, making these issues known to the greater community. It's about introducing employers to this incredible talent pool that might need a little bit of a different process for onboarding in the first few months. But if you can get over that, if you can get over the change, then you're going to be getting yourself somebody who is incredibly dedicated to what they're going to be doing. And they're just, I don't know, they're just great people. So I don't know, that sounds very patronizing. It's not meant to be. 
it's just thoroughly frustrating as a parent of somebody on the spectrum. It's that balance of do you play the autism card, again, air quotes you can't see, or do you just allow your child to, you know, make it on their own merit? And we've, I've tried really hard. I have really struggled with playing the autism card because I firmly believe in the amazing abilities of my son and the qualities that he possesses and what he brings to the table. And I don't think his autism really has anything to do with it. Um, in that, yes, his autism makes him a little bit different. And I think it has positively impacted his, his thought processes and how he sees the world. But he shouldn't need to play that to get a, a job. He's, he's a great guy. And he should just be able to get a job. So um, speaking of resources, sorry, I segued for a second there. We recently had a planning meeting for Hire Hire. It's November 2nd, 3rd, and 4th in um, coming up soon, actually. You can check out the hirehire.ca website. And uh, I was speaking to um, one of the coaches that we have who deals specifically with people on the spectrum and job placement. Her name is uh, Paulette Goddard. And she recommended Jessica Kingsley out of the UK, who has a series of books specifically about entrepreneurship and business and job development for people on the spectrum. So excited. I'm ordering those this week. Um, in the meanwhile, we have this one. And some of the, uh, the topics that are covered in here are autism employment strategies, the autism community in the US and the employment status, which probably quite frankly mirrors what's happening in Canada. Um, really important, the art of the autism job coach. Um, if you are a job coach and you're interested in learning more about how to be a job coach for people on the spectrum, it does require some retraining. You cannot automatically transition from one to the other. Um, if you can, because you've got a, a more of a psychology background and, and experience with autism, fantastic. But for the most part, please don't hang out a shingle saying that you can now help people on the spectrum because you can't. Do some education connect with some people. If you're in the GTA, Marilyn Ellis is an amazing resource. Uh, futuresfound.ca is one of her websites. The autismjobclub.ca is the other. And she'd be happy to talk to you about how you can become uh, an autism-specific job coach. And there's a huge need. If you're finding that you're in a glut and, uh, or sorry, you're in a dearth of, of clients and you have the type of personality that could really embrace helping people on the spectrum, get in touch with her. Um, she'd be terrific resource for you to, to find out how to become an autism specific job coach. So there's also autism technology and the growing internet economy employment, which is amazing. Autism and the practical economy, which I didn't understand the difference until I read this. I'm so glad I did. Autism and employment for the more severely impacted lifelong learning workplace culture and the future of autism job club. So, what it basically does is it goes over the impact that autism has on people getting a job and it also makes it really easy to understand um, the different challenges and the different tools that are out there that can help somebody on the spectrum be more successful. And Temple Grandin made a recommendation um, a couple of years ago and I, I believe it was different kinds of minds or all kinds of minds. She did an amazing TED talk. And what she talked about was creating an online portfolio. Um, people on the spectrum really struggle with when they're being interviewed to come up with specific, um, using a lot of ums today because I'm pausing for thought, specific examples of things they've accomplished. Uh, they have a real challenge with that during interviews. And as much as you prep them, it, it can be a challenge. And I keep saying them, that's not really nice either. What she recommended was you create this online portfolio that highlights your skills, that serves as a pre-introduction. Um, if you happen to be a crafter, meaning somebody who 
is artistic or you know you create jewelry you create furniture whatever you do then make sure to really highlight that i'm doing that for my son he's incredibly talented in uh, claymation creation and so we're documenting that and i'm creating an instagram account for him so that i can start connecting him to you know Ardman in the uk and local claymation artists and they can see the value of his work and what he's doing it's a real strength for him and in an ironic twist he was diagnosed with a fine motor visual integration issue when he was nine, which basically means his brain is not supposed to be able to tell his hands to do this amazing work that he does. So screw you, diagnosis. <laughs> he can do it anyway. One of the chapters in this book that I strongly suggest you take a, a look at is Job Search Mastery in the Internet Age. And there's huge value in the way the job search has changed and the way employers are finding employees. Um, you know, the advantage of LinkedIn and social media it can be very positive for people on the spectrum because it allows a, a soft introduction um, and makes an easier transition into a job interview because they've already sort of pre-marketed themselves. I mean, it's true for anybody, don't get me wrong. But when you really freeze up and struggle during a job interview, you use every tool you can, hopefully, to make it easier. So what they say here is job search strategies start with identifying job openings and smartly pursuing them. Today, the first step in the process often is searching the online job boards and online job sourcing that have come to dominate the job search. What is the best job board for job seekers today? For adults with autism, what is the best way for job seekers, including adults with autism, to get past the traditional gatekeepers and show their skills and job passions? Does the emerging technique of crowdsourcing represent employment opportunity for adults with autism? Adults with autism? Good Lord. This chapter sets out, anyway, it goes on. Um, mastery of job boards things like that and um trying to find sorry i put markers through books so that i can remember to go back and they talk about the um the job search process which is something that the job search process and the job interview process which again is something that a lot of people struggle with but those who are neurotypical will pick up the cues and will pick up the ideas of, of how they should um, navigate this process. And people on the spectrum struggle with that a little bit. And so some of the things that they talk about are the different strategies that can help um, be successful. So this person, uh, Alyssa Gruber, she's executive director at Key Green Key Resources in New York, um, talks about a smart job board user starts with the resume. The resume is an extension of the candidate, a proxy for live presentation, the brand. It should be impeccable and follow the classic form. Um, and she says the resume can be linked, likened to an audition. You get one shot. I'm often surprised how little time and energy is spent by the job seeker on the resume, as it can be the most important chance to make an impression. A well-crafted resume with succinct and clear articulation of skills and experience can distinguish one candidate from the pool. And our tool was recently shared with me from ODIN, uh, which is the Ontario Disabilities Education Network. And it was about a more of a personal profile. And uh, I haven't grabbed it, so I'm sorry. But it was a really neat breakdown of niche skills and niche, per niche, niche personality traits. My brain is not talking to my mouth fast enough today. And, but it also identified, you know, here are the best ways to work with me. Here are some accommodations I might need in the workplace. Um, so if you are going forward and you're being very open about your diagnosis, if you're on the spectrum, then this is a terrific tool to create that you can share right away with somebody uh, during the job interview process and say, you know what? Hey, I'm on the spectrum. Here's the amazing things about that. 
here's some of the things I need help with and I'll do a great job for you because of this. Going through that process, you know, there, there is a tool that uh, I've used before and it's a, it's a skills assessment and it has you go through and catalog the different things that you're good at and why. It's an incredibly empowering experience and I'm not a massive fan of the word empowering, but it really is because when you go through that process and you identify your skills and you put them in a list and you take the time to review them and you review them before you go in for a job interview, it is a terrific way to really represent yourself at your best and things that you might have forgotten and, and all those kinds of things. I keep the iterations of my resumes simply because I'm experiencing different things at different times. Uh, I don't necessarily carry those across the resumes, but they may be useful when it comes to changing a job or whatever. I happen to be an entrepreneur, so the only person I'm interviewing for is myself. Um, but when I am meeting with new clients, I can pull out of those lists things that I've done in other capacities. It's a terrific way to uh, showcase what I can do for somebody. Uh, as it continues on, sorry, the, uh, the online profile, it does talk about using different tools, um, definitely um, capitalizing on a network, you know, if, if you're doing this for your kid, then capitalizing on your personal and your work network to find some opportunities. Um, encouraging your kid to get on LinkedIn and get on a variety of, of good platforms where you can showcase their skills and get found. And it's, I'm going to be doing that for my son um, when he's, you know, needing a, an internship or he's needing a job placement. I've got a ton of contacts in the creative industries. All you have to do is ask for help. It's what everybody has to do. And I had this talk with my son a couple of weeks ago, and it was about asking for help and, and what that means. And he was struggling to advocate for himself at school. And that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, but people on the spectrum tend to be a little, it, they find it a little harder. I mean, it's hard enough to speak up for yourself on a good day, but when you have a, a social anxiety challenge that also presents itself, it can make it twice as hard. But I got really mad at him because we've been having this conversation on and on about his education and and jobs and whatever and asking for help. And I looked at him and I said, do you think you're the only person that has to ask for help out of your entire class? I said, I, I just graduated in 2012. I had to ask for help. I went to my instructors and said, hey, you know what? I'm not understanding this. Can you clarify for me a little bit? Or this is what I'm thinking I'm doing for this project. Can you give me a little direction as to, you know, whether I'm going the right way? And I'm hoping that that empowered him. I'm hoping, there's that word again. I'm hoping that it, you know, showed him that asking for help is one of the best things you can do for your success. Whether it's in education, whether it's in, in searching for a job, um, you know, ask your network if they'll sit down with you and interview you ahead of time. Ask somebody if you can do your pitch, you know, your 32nd, this is the, the best things about me. Ask somebody if they'll review your skills assessment. So, you know, people always see things in you that you don't see in yourself. And to be able to add those words to your list is terrific. I did this a few years ago as part of a, a career re-education direction thing. And what came back? I was blown away. You know, my, um, my brother described, what did he say? It was a really good word. It's escaping me right now. But what he said was, I reminded him of that song by Chumbawamba. You know, I get back down and I get up again. Did he call me persistent? I don't know. But at the time I thought, wow, 
you know, that's how my brother sees me. That's really cool. And I, I pull that out periodically and remember that. And I remember my good friends describing me as, as this is not a plug for me, by the way, but this is to illustrate to you what you can get out of this. I got described as loyal and honest and um, generous and funny and, you know, all kinds of honest, no, honest I've already said, and a few other hardworking and a leader and, and all of these things. And I thought, holy moly, this is what, this is cool. Like, it's always really cool to believe those things about yourself, but it's equally cool to have other people confirm and, and add to your list. So I strongly suggest you do that or, you know, help your kid do that. It's a really powerful thing. And it is part of this book where they do talk about um, taking those words, taking those skills, you looking at autism focused businesses and hiring initiatives in the practical economy. So if you happen to be somebody who's very hands on and you're very terrific at creating things, then there's a real push right now for those kinds of skills. And going through that process of identifying your skill sets can really help you niche down what you should be applying for versus a spaghetti situation where you're just applying for everything because nobody's good at everything. Nobody. And by having niche down and knowing exactly what you should be applying for, you increase your chances of success because you're going to have a better skills match. And that's what employers want. They want a skills match. They want somebody whose personality fits. They want somebody whose work ethic fix fits. They want somebody who... Um, isn't going to turn around in three months and bail. Uh, I have a friend of mine right now who's having a real challenge keeping staff. She's an amazing employer. Just something's going on where people, you know, either their work ethic's going through the toilet in her particular industry, but she's really struggling. Where somebody on the spectrum, if they discover that that's what they really like to do, damn, they're going to be a good employee. It is definitely uh, an interesting thing to watch. And there's big employers in the U.S. who are taking the autism uh, talent pool very seriously. Companies like Best Buy and Walgreens here in Ontario, there's Tim Hortons. Um, a lot of these bigger employers are recognizing what they're missing. And we're really fortunate, actually, I'll, I'll end sort of with this, to uh, at Hire Hire, we have on Friday the Employers Day where employers can come out talk about their company but then they're also going to be learning about the different strategies to make use of the autism talent pool and Mark Wafer is a local business owner who owns uh, a few Tim Hortons franchises and he's going to be talking about the amazing experience that he's had hiring from the autism talent pool how it's made his business better um, and what an advocate it's turned him into so he's one of those employers that we're looking for you know, to read this book and to get on board and to understand the advantages of the autism talent pool. Um, and by reading this book, I think employers would learn a lot that it uh, it's worth finding out more. It's worth finding out more. It's worth getting educated. It's worth not um, assuming that it's going to be a huge issue. It's also worth parents getting inspired so that you can help your kid through the process. I mean, you help your neurotypical kids, so this just requires a little more effort and a little more patience, which, quite frankly, my son's 20. I finally got a decent amount of patience, so I try and be helpful. It's reaching out to your network and seeing how you can support your, your kid or yourself. It's asking for help and identifying that you can't be good at everything, and asking for help is the best way to get better and to improve your chances of success. It's going through the process of those skills development or skill uh, assessments. 
and identifying how skilled you actually are and asking other people for their opinion about that so that you can shine the light on things that you might not have considered are uh, an employable skill set or an employable ability. So overall, I'm really glad I read the book. It has terrific resources. Um, if you're listening to this from the U.S., then the back of the book is full of organizations and things that you can reach out to. I'm going to have a look either way because who knows, they might have a Canadian counterpart. Um, so it's the Autism Job Club, the Neurodiverse Workforce in the New Normal of Employment. Highly recommend you check it out if you're interested in learning more about the Autism Talent Pool. You can also check out our event coming up in November, hirehire.ca. Um, if you're an employer that's listening to this and you want to come to our Friday day, woo, we'd love to have you. And if you're on the spectrum and, and you've had a positive experience with employment, I'd love to hear about it. Um, if you've got some tips and tricks, you know, you're an autism job coach and, and you've come across some things that have worked really well, love to hear that too. We'll share them with the Autism Job Club and help our guys be more successful. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. I am a passionate autism parent. My kid is amazing, and I can't wait to see what he does in the world. One of his dreams gets me a little emotional. Uh, one of his dreams is to go work with Ardman in, I think it's Ardman in England, which is a, a heavy-duty claymation studio, and by cracky, some way we're going to make that dream happen. So we'll see what happens. Hope this helps some of your dreams come true, and that you're having a fantastic day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Across the Desk. You can follow me on Twitter at mcbcoms, Instagram at mcbcommunications, or visit mcbcommunications.ca to see where else I'm hiding out.